Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Good morning, sir. Hey, how are you, Dwayne? Awesome to see you. Good. I was in your in your neck of the woods, but but far, like we were in the same state, but your state's very big, right? So, um, well, it's I long. Drove, it's not wide, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was in uh, I was in uh, Springfield, Illinois, uh, with yep. John Gaston at the Gathering of the Masters. What a really cool event, you know, with world-renowned kickboxing legend Bill Wallace and a whole bunch of other master instructors. And John Gaston, he's a personal student of Hoist Gracie, and so we taught two days there. It was really fun. And then my girlfriend and I drove up three hours to Chicago and got to hang out in the city. It's expensive Chicago, man. I, I couldn't believe it. Like restaurants, like one glass of wine, $22. I don't drink. My girlfriend drinks. And in, in like one night, it cost me 45 bucks just in wine. It was just crazy. It's like amazing what they charge. You know, it's like, but I thought New York was expensive, but Chicago is equally, if not more expensive, it seems. It's, it's comparable, I would say, on some things, yeah. especially the the soda tax law, but they're going to, re- they, I think they repealed that. So by oh, the yeah. end of this year, there's going to be no more soda tax law, but you guys still oh, have that, don't you? I think we do to some extent, but New York is screwed up anyway. I mean, they have taxes on everything. You know, it's just ridiculous what they, what they do to us in New York. I mean, we get, you know what I just heard? I'm a big fan of the show, little homes, tiny houses. You know, you buy like the yep. small little, they're trying to make a law to, to outlaw, the houses and the corporation so that people can't live off the grid. If they have a house below a certain square footage, it's going to be illegal. Can you imagine this? Yeah, they don't want people living off the grid and and saving money. It's just my girlfriend just wrote when she wrote, she wrote the wine went, I don't know, I have to look on the on the actual um, post because I sometimes don't see the post on the Facebook Live. The wine went even... The wine went even that good. Probably I mean, wasn't. Oh, she probably, probably, oh. yeah, probably wanted to put wasn't that even that good. <laughs> she, she's a lot smarter than that. It just sounds like she doesn't know what she's talking about, right? <laughs> Maybe she had a little wine before she's been on the yeah, line. Exactly. Uh, watching yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Maybe no. she's still drunk. No. <laughs> no, that's funny. It was that good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It lasted for four days. But anyway, we have a great topic today, and, and it's funny People are so – I just got to point this out. People are just so – some people are just so negative, right? So yesterday I'm posting on, uh, you know, getting like a feeler out there to let people know we're doing our call today at 1230, right? So I didn't have a topic. We we, I didn't put it up. I kind of just wrote, hey, Dwayne and I will be doing a conference uh, call, and it's going to be life-changing. I had a guy write, like, nasty message to me on Facebook. You know, this is the worst marketing I've ever seen. You don't even give any idea of what you're going to talk about and blah, blah, blah. And I just apologized to him. I'm like, really sorry. Um, we're working on refining our topic. You know, I apologize that I offended you in any way. He got upset with me. And I'm like, like, really? Like, why can't you just be nice about it? You know, hey, Allie, what's the topic going to be on? I don't know. Or like, do you have any idea? Like, why be nasty? And some people are just like very critical, you know, and and too critical in this stage of the game. Everyone is right and everyone's wrong. It's a funny thing. Don't listen then. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Hey, by the way, I'm, I love the book Shoe Dog. So if anyone's listening, Dwayne recommended me the book Shoe Dog. It's about the uh, the rise of Nike shoes. It was phenomenal. Um, it is, yeah. The dude, when he sold his business, it ended up being worth like, what, $100 million or $80 million. He ended up with a $10 million, a billion dollars, I mean, billion with a B, payoff. And then um, I love it. There was one lady who lent him money for payroll because um, they were so broke, and she ended up getting like a $2.6 million paycheck when they went public or something like that. 
Um, and, and then the other book I'm reading, which I absolutely love and I'm almost done, is, is what we had from our topic the other day, The Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster, right, which yep. we had. And um, I really like that book. It's, it's kind of also recharged me in a way because, like you just said, he even suggests that in the book. Don't let people get you down. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't let the bad people drag you down that path and, and so on. And I did a spiritual talk on that yesterday on my Facebook Live for my personal page. And it's true. We have to, we have to be careful with what we let people, what energy we put into certain things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and doesn't that lead into our topic, right? Like, because right now well, our topic yeah. is why don't you tell people what we're <laughs> going to talk about? Well, yeah, we as entrepreneurs, we're, you know, we need to stop doing everything in our business. And I know that in the beginning, uh, we are doing everything, but we need to make sure that we're as quickly as possible, um, you know, not being the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. Uh, you know, we, we need to learn how to, um, or maybe even the differences between abdicating, delegating, and then uh, duplicating. And so yeah. the, the, I would say the crux of this call I, would be um, learning how to let go, maybe. It's okay to let go of things that you are currently doing and let somebody else do it. So learning how to outsource uh, some of those things. And I, I figured what we would do is kind of maybe go through some of the things that, you know, we outsource that we don't personally do anymore um, and maybe even why. But And then um, – you know, maybe why we do what we still do and we don't outsource that part. Uh, I think yeah, that would and, be and, a good, good by the way, place I, to start. In, in, in the write-up of what I wrote, you know, I wrote, it's, this is a good ADD to have, right, which is abdicate, delegate, and duplicate, right? So it's good ADD, um, you know, and it's one of those things that you want to have, right? And you want to learn that. You want to learn that form of ADD, right? So, um, it's really important. And by the way, you're, you're pretty much a master at a lot of these things. And, and I love, you know, you've helped me in a lot of areas where, um, you know, where I've found a way to outsource or to computerize so that I, I could have the automation do it for me. And you have a lot of that in your life that works really well for you. So I'm sure you're going to share that with people. And by the way, Ryan Blanchard wrote a good book was the E-Myth by Michael Gerber, which I absolutely love. I have all four editions on my bookshelf and actually was really lucky because I was a speaker in Vegas at the same time that he was the keynote speaker. So I got to go to a really kind of small, intimate lunch with him and pick his brain. It was he's quite amazing as far as, uh, you know, what he teaches in that book. So people who are out there, read it and listen to it. It's a good book. No, yeah, absolutely. It, so, it totally is. So um, let's, let's dive in. Let's go ahead and talk. Uh, and, and if you see something different here today, I'm, I'm at uh, the, the studio office here because uh, uh, this was the closest place that I could get online because I had my um, – uh, uh, I, I do a program – at uh, a uh, it's called impact but it's a, a program at a school for uh, kids that um, got kicked out of school whether it's grade school high school those type of things and so we've got a program that we do on Tuesdays and Thursdays I've got a, a class you know from 9 to 10 on one of them and then 10 to 11 and so this was actually the closest place I could get to internet before I could you know could, trying to get home uh, to do that wasn't going to happen and plus I had my uh, and my house is being cleaned right now, so you probably hear a vacuum going on and stuff like that. Right, right, okay. So, and you know that maybe that's a good place to start is, um, you know, I I have I have my house being cleaned. Uh, I'm not 
in my house cleaning it. Um, right. You know. So first off, I, let me let me just say this. First off, number one, it's important for us to understand and know exactly what we make per hour. So the rule of thumb uh-huh. is find out what you make per hour. If you don't know how to do that, uh, Google it. But it's pretty easy to know how to what you make per hour. And then anything underneath that hourly rate, you shouldn't be doing anything that that doesn't produce that amount of money. So, for instance, um, you know, can I clean the house? Sure. Uh, do I lo- enjoy cleaning the house? No. Um, and so, therefore, I hire someone to do that. I just, you know, uh, today, what did I? I was uh, I made what two hundred. Is it $200? I forget what I'm charging. No, I'm charging 50 bucks an hour to teach these classes. And so I taught one hour, um, and that's going to pay for my house to be cleaned today. Right. You right. know, so that person's going to spend four hours at my house, and I'm going to spend one hour. So I, I, I bring that up because you can see, you know, how that the, the trading dollars for hours um, is important. So the rule of thumb is, like I said, find out what your hourly rate is, and then anything underneath that you personally should not be doing. Um, now, with that being said, there are some things that, you know, maybe I I enjoy doing, and so therefore I still do do that. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and so, you know, whatever that may be, um, it's okay to it's okay to do those things that actually bring you joy, even though it may be a lower lower paid activity. So, for instance, well, uh, for instance, if I enjoy painting, um, it might be okay for me to paint my bathroom. You know that type of thing. Go ahead. And, and I, I was going to say no. I, I was going to add to that, and, and I and it's true, right? And, and again, back into this book, the entrepreneurial roller coaster that we both just recently read, um, and I'm reading right now. It, he talks about the you know the top things that you make money doing right and sometimes we get caught up in doing the things that we that are not high ROI return on investment so like you said um, you could probably clean your house in four hours and do it just like them or maybe better even right but wouldn't you be better off hiring someone and doing what you love and what you're an expert at that has a higher return on investment and get that done. And that's where a lot of times, you know, when we're new and we own a school and it's only us, sometimes we do it all. But unfortunately, sometimes we do it all and do some of the things really bad and it ended up it ends up hurting us as well, right? Like, for example, building your own website or maybe doing your own social media and you may be hurting your company, your school, your business or whatever it is rather than helping it. Yeah. Okay. So let's take websites for instance. Um, I when I I when we first started, I had partners, and some of you may mm-hmm. know that, some of you don't. I know I know you know the story, but yeah, uh, I, I bought my partners out. When I bought my partners out, one of the partners. Now, mind you, I I bought them out, paid money, uh, I owned it, and when the website was given over to me by one of the partners, they wiped it completely out because mm-hmm. they were pissed at me. Right. You know. Um, if that were to happen to now, I, w- I would follow through with that a little bit differently. <laughs> right, right, uh, of now. course. So I had to learn quickly. I had to immerse myself and learn how to do HTML. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, was I an expert? No, but I had to get that f- website up and running. And um, I didn't have the money at the time because, unfortunately, when I bought them out, I depleted everything that I had in order to buy them out. 
Um, which right. That's another story for another day, different topic. But um, the bad thing is that I know how to do web work now. And so, like, for me, that is a crux for me. I actually enjoy doing it, you know. But, it, you yeah. know, I, I, I personally should pay somebody else to do it. And all of my clients, and I know you do too, I I encourage them to have uh, somebody like, you know, your right. service, you know, and Lead Insights, uh, uh, you know, somebody else to do their uh, right. web work because right. you don't want to get into a position like where I'm at that that uh, I enjoy it, I do it, I know how to do it, but it takes time to do it. And I should, right. I personally, that's one thing that I do not delegate, I don't. Uh, do that only because I'm stupid in that area, to be quite honest with you, because um, well, I know well, too in, much. In your case, you you taught yourself the web business, similar to me. Um, and, you know, like I couldn't find the right web people, and I, you know, I, I had students doing it for me. Then they did, you know, that one quit and handed it over to the next kid, the next guy who did it, and then they quit. And I'm like, I got to hire a company, and I did, and they were terrible. I mean, I spent thousands of dollars and got nothing. So I'm like, I got to take this into my own hands. And I did, but I, you know, just like you, I it, it did everything I could to learn that business, everything, you know, from marketing, SEO, all of that stuff. And I became an expert, and that's why I have a web, website business now. However, some people do it because they like it and they think that they're good at it, but they don't really know the business all that well. You're good at web and SEO and, and so on. So that's awesome. But people have to be careful that they're not, they're not hurting themselves by doing everything. Well, but... Yeah, and I appreciate the compliment, but my problem is that um, all the time that I actually spent learning it, unless I was going to turn it into a business, right. you know, like you had you had done, you know, and now you service not only the martial arts industry with websites, but you any industry. Yeah, um, yeah. And and unless I was going to do that, there's really no point in me. Uh, learn, knowing everything that I know about it, to be well, quite then, honest with you. Let Let's use that as an example. So so okay so. You know it now, and you could do it on your own, right? But you did take, let's pretend in hours, how many hours you took to learn. Infinite, right? Probably hundreds of hours to become good and proficient at the website business, right? At, at the yeah, website, I would say at least it. one year worth of 40-hour-a-week work, easily. Okay, so, so you work so hard to learn, and you could have easily paid someone to do it and not had to touch it, right? And then you could have taken that core time and focus on your expertise, which would either be one, teaching, two, advertising and marketing your school, three, retaining your students, and your ROI, return on investment, right, would have been five times Bigger. higher by, by focusing on that. And that's what I love about the book, The E-Myth, or this new book, The Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster, or even, you know, Shoe Dog. I mean, the guy focused on sales for Nike. That's what he did. He was a genius at sales, you know, and he just went out and sold and got people to work for him. That was his core tactic. That's what his main, you know, three or four options were him. That would he, he would focus on his whole life. Everything yep. else he would sub out. So let's give people a little bit of an insight on what you sub out. Like what other things do you, like what did you do? I know you have a VA, a virtual assistant that helps you. And so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I, before we get into that, I, I, I'd like to define, um, uh, advocate, uh, duplicate, and delegate. Um, so abdicate is something that I don't believe that we should be doing in our business uh, at all. I should not, and I've done this before. 
where you you say, hey, look, I I I want to uh, give this to you, and you run with it, and then you never check up on it, you never follow. You know, it's basically now it's oh, whew, I don't have to worry about that anymore. You right, don't right. ever want to do that in your business. What you want right. to do is you want to you want to delegate things to people, but you you need to inspect what you expect uh, uh, from that. So with that being said. If you're a one-person show and you want to move into the next level, you need to ask yourself, what are my uh, core strengths first? And so what I mean by that is right. this. Are you a phenomenal teacher? Then, then the, next pers- the next person you need to hire is you need to hire office staff, meaning that you need somebody in the office to take care of those things. So you would delegate yeah. that to them. What does delegate mean? It means that you're going to uh, train them in the systems that you want them to do, how you want them to do it, and then to be able to inspect that. Don't right. abdicate the office to them. You don't want to do that. Don't abdicate the office to them at all. Mm. And you'll make that mistake probably. You'll say, hey, just answer the phone, do this, do that, and not really follow up with them, and then you're going to wonder why you don't get the results. Okay? So, right. Um, and if you have to learn the hard way, then learn the hard way. So, But if you are – not that great of a teacher and you really enjoy more of the, uh, you know, the back end, the office, the, that type of thing, then maybe you need to hire uh, right. a teacher that right. is going to follow your system and the way that you want things done on the floor so that you can do that. Um, that you know, and it, it's not usually that way for martial arts school owners. Martial, I would think most martial arts school owners are better on the floor than they are in the office or and they enjoy the floor more than the office. But either way, I want to show both of those. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I can I can interrupt though. I mean, um, it really all depends on what we consider cri- the criteria for teaching, right? Sometimes people are great seminar teachers. Sometimes they're great being you know one on one with younger kids. Some of them they're better with adults. So you do have to personally inventory yourself and see, um, because the crux of a successful school is the floor first, right? You can't. It's from the inside out versus the outside in. You could have all the great marketing in the world and all the great ideas. However, once the people join, they're going to eventually quit if things are not going well, right? And that's important. We have to watch that. And sometimes instructors, and I find myself getting in trouble, too. As I get older, I'm less tolerant. Um, but, I, I uh, you know, sometimes instructors shouldn't be dealing with the public, you know, because people take everything, you know, too literally. You know, an instructor says, hey, your kid's getting a little lazy. Oh, my God, how dare he talk like that? You know, so you might have to have an intermediary in between to be able to soften the blow and be parent to parent or whatever. So you have to really do a personal inventory. That's important. Yep. So, you know, like again, moving from one to two people, that's where you, you go. So let's say we take the route where, you know, we're going we're gonna, to, uh, you know, delegate the things uh, in the office. And so right. now we have an office staff and I'm on the floor. Well, now as my studio gets bigger, I need to – um, I need to train some sort of storm or SWAT or, or leadership team so that I can duplicate myself out on the floor. Um, and so that's where, you know, that's where you would then add in the duplication. So now I want these right. little, like for me, I want little Mr. Brummett's running around, you know, right. teaching the way that I teach and how I teach and using my verbiage and, 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 yeah. and all those things. And so that is, I would say, the most generic way to, um, uh, you know, Delegate and and then also duplicate yourself first and foremost in your business. Now we take it to different levels with regards to what you know you had talked about with marketing or websites and those type of things. Um, you know, if I had to do it all over again, yeah, I would have somebody else do my website. Right. 
and you know, in the future that might happen anyways. But um, as it stands now, I, I would I always tell my clients to have somebody do their website, and right. uh, rather than them do it themselves. The other thing is too is I, I would have you know some sort of creative marketing genius that I would be hiring if I don't want to learn um, you know how to do marketing. But I, I, right. I do believe every school owner, in my opinion, should should be buying and learning um, how to do marketing, how to do copywriting, anything from Jay Abraham to Dan Kennedy to, you know, you name it, um, uh, even uh, Joe Polish, um, you know, those type of people that you would want right. to learn um, how to do marketing from, you know, direct mm-hmm. response marketing, especially in our business. Yeah, uh, would be a, a good skill to learn because mm-hmm. then you're in control. Because there's three areas of our business, right? I mean, three main areas of our business. The first is the marketing, the second is the office, and then the third is the floor. Right. And so I would say that you, again, duplicate yourself out on the floor, you delegate the things in the office, but you never give up total control of the marketing. But there's pieces of the marketing that you can uh, duplicate and then also delegate. So right. uh, website, delegate. Uh, ad, you know, coming up with ads and stuff like that. So if I, you know, uh, you have, like right now, Christmas is coming up. You have the Christmas things that you, you've you created, creatively yeah. created. You have different Christmas cards that people can purchase from your business um, mm-hmm. to be able to give out lessons and those type of things, gift certificates and stuff. Yeah. Rather than, you know, or or, you know, if you're a part of uh, Maya or something, they send you a monthly packet that has, um, you know, some marketing stuff in it, some digital yeah. uh, images and those type of things. But I would I would go to a third party. I would outsource that to a third party to, to come up with those type of things so you don't have to sit down and create all those things. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, you know, why bother? If you could do it and it's inexpensive enough, boom, you just you get them and they're done, right? You know, and then you could take that time distributing them. And, and giving them out to your students rather than trying to design, try to come up with an idea. And, you know, if you're not really that great, you know, then you need a professional, right? And that's important. By the way, with our Christmas cards and holiday cards that we do, um, I'll be advertising those shortly. We have a whole new slew of smaller cards and everything. But I'm also offering for everyone who purchases a card a free um, 20 to 30 minute coaching call on how to actually get them out and use them to the best of their benefit. So um, if anyone's interested, just email me or Facebook us right here and we can chat about that. But um, so anyway, what I'm hearing from you is that, you know, there are certain things that you're great at. And I heard you say that, okay, I'm going to duplicate, you know, and have a lot of Mr. Brummets running around. So your focus is on, you know, taking you and training or taking the students and training them. So that's one of your layers of expertise, right? Replicating yourself so that you could work less but focus on training people. In other words, you, you know, you're the managed sales manager of the training floor, the manager of the training floor, the expert of it, and you're going to now get a lot of people out there who understand your methodology so that they use the same words, the same lessons, the same energy, the same way of praise, correct praise, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where you're focusing rather than being in every single class doing. Agreed. Absolutely. Okay, good. Okay, good. I yep. hope everyone understands that. And then, you know, using software to, um, you know, I guess, you know, call it duplicating yourself. Uh, 
or delegating things to software, but that's where like, and that's why I got you on to um, on support, you know, right. where we both use on support to run our schools, and it's a really heavy based, you know, marketing based, internet based um, uh, software similar to Infusionsoft. Um, I, I had Infusionsoft before. Uh, it was very clunky, very hard to understand way back when. I, I, I hear it's a lot easier to understand now, which is good because they're listening. Um, but yeah. but I had heard about, um, you know, I'd heard about Entreport. At the time, it was called um, Office Autopilot, but now they've changed their name to Entreport. And, uh, you know, I switched to that, and I haven't, you know, moved back since. And And so, you know, to be able to create different sales funnels, different follow-up messages, you know, even – to the point where, you know, we have a new student welcome system where you, you be, when yep. you become a new student, you get tagged, you know, when immediately when they're enrolled, uh, you know, when we tag them as enrolled in there, boom, there's rules and different sequences that happen that I don't have to touch. Yeah, yeah and I have them it also where it's each gr- age group separately. So, like, I would treat a little kid different than I would treat, a, you know, a little warrior different than a mighty warrior, and I segregate my list so that, a parent of a teenager is getting different messages and being led down a different path because obviously their kids are not, you know, three and five. You can't treat everyone the same is what, what I'm saying. And I, I'm, right. I'm learning a lot. I spent an hour on the phone with their tech support just this morning on campaigns, and, and uh, we'll talk about that their at, tech at a later su- date. Their tech support is phenomenal. I yeah, yeah, really, really good. So. But, uh, yeah, so, so that's great. So, so what do you, you know – Well, yeah, I was going to say, there's other software, too, that, that I'd like to introduce, okay? Okay. Um, and, and the reason is because then, you know, people can use these. I, don't, I mean, I, we're not getting any commission off of these. But so Entreport right. is, is, is vital. You need some sort, of, some sort of software, whether – you know, I don't care what it is, but we just use Entreport. Um, the, the next thing is I use a product called Hootsuite that allows me to schedule posts in advance. And the nice thing about the Hootsuite is that, um, you know, if I have a, I don't know, let's just say we have a, uh, well, if you have your Shi'i coming up, right? You have right, your, right. Um, yeah. your martial arts tournament, in-school martial arts tournament coming up. And let's say you want to post a couple of times a day about it or at least once a day about it on all social media platforms that you have. So. Right. Your personal Facebook page, your business Facebook page, maybe even if you have a page for just parents on Facebook, and then your Instagram and blah, 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 blah. Well, you have one hub that you can just set that up with, and then it goes out to any – whatever you have selected, it allows you to do that. And so that saves a lot of time. That saves a lot of headaches rather than having to go to multiple sites and doing that. You can set it up once, and voila. Yeah. So that that would be another thing. Um, another thing is that has saved me a lot of heartache, um, and I, I believe a lot of time, is um, Dropbox. But it doesn't have to be Dropbox. It could be Google Drive. It could be whatever. But everything, yeah. that, I, everything that I have within my school is all on uh, Dropbox. Right. And I do have a Google Drive that I keep my personal stuff on, but, but we're just talking business right now. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, Dropbox has all of my business stuff on there, which is nice because no matter whether I'm at home working on my computer or I'm here working on the computer, if I'm my, on my smartphone, you know, yeah. I, I can, you know, I can uh, access all of that information all at once. And I can't tell you how many times I had a, a computer crash and I didn't have it backed up and lost all my information or I had a computer crash and I had, a, uh, a second hard drive 
which was nice so that I was able to put everything back on there. But God forbid, if I had a fire, I would have lost that too. So, right. you know, I, I think that's a good way to uh, protect yourself. And I know maybe it doesn't fall into necessarily outsourcing per se, but I think it, 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 it um, productivity-wise, it, it uh, is important. And we share, you and I share a lot of documents on Dropbox. Sometimes the files are too large. We can't email them. So we'll just say, hey, it's in our Dropbox folder. And, and it's cool if we're sharing things together and you could share on Dropbox with your staff, they, they get an alert when you put something in the file, right? So it's kind of, it is a, a way of centralizing and, and communicating as well, as well. Same thing with Google Drive and, and so on. I would say the, uh, the other thing, one of the other biggest things that I do is I do have, and you had brought it up, as I have a virtual assistant. And I've had a virtual assistant now for a little over four years, maybe five, um, maybe going on five years now. But anyways, uh, he's over in the Philippines. Um, and, you know, in the beginning, I didn't know him. I had to, we had to develop a relationship and then, you know, I'd give him a task and then make sure it was done. Not that I don't make sure it's done now, but, um, I had, I was a lot more hands on when I was training him on what I wanted him to do. And so, um, a lot of data entry he does. So for instance, you know, like yesterday we had a field trip here. He had 56 kids come through. Um, we, have a cover sheet that we have created with the different tags that we want tagged inside of our system, meaning Entreport and, um, you know, different things on it. And then we scan it. We, we put it into a product that we call, uh, that's, that we use called Teamwork. Um, it's a project manager um, uh, software that we use online. And then I'm able to, you know, we send that to him um, and then we're able to put like a due date that it needs to be done by. And then also um, reminders in there to remind us if, if, if it isn't done and yada, yada, yada. But anyways, you know, when he check marks it done, uh, it, you know, sends an email back to whoever, uh, you know, usually it's my program director that sends it to him. And then my program director will get that email back. And then voila, they're already into our Entreport system and they're tagged correctly so that we can start our phone calls following up on them. So, you know, for instance, they were they were here yesterday. Last night, that information was scanned and sent over to him as a task. It needs to be done um, by Friday so that we can start our calls on Saturday. I know we're, you know, a couple of days behind, but, you know, that that's just the process that we do, and it works out well for us. And then we're going to call them and give them our karate. You know, like right now, it's karate for Christmas time, so we're going to give them the karate right. for Christmas uh, opportunity. But, right. um, you know, so that's been a beautiful thing. Um, what else does he do for me? He does all my blog postings. I mean, I write my own blogs, but I send him the blog posts and he'll post them and he'll also create the emails so that my list gets emailed that the new blog post is up, you know, that type of thing. Right. Um, you know, which is a, which is a beautiful thing. My videos that I have done, and and this is a, a little trick that we do, if you will, is all of my blog posts become videos. And so he will take the blog post and then, uh, I think it's a day later or two days later, I forget which it is, but he'll have created a video out of that blog post and then he'll post that on my YouTube, he'll post that on my social media sites as well. Um, and so, because some people may not read the blog, but they'll see the video rolling on their Facebook feed or their, you know, Twitter feed or whatever and then they'll, you know, watch the video. And so I, 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 uh, 
kind of kill two birds with one stone. But those are also on our, our YouTube channel, and they're SEO'd correctly. I have him do the SEO. Um, and so, like, okay, what I did with him was I bought different products, and I, I had him, you know, go through the products on SEOing, on different things, and so that he knew what he was doing, or at least had a good foundation of what he was doing. And then, you know, I'd have him do a project and make sure, that, you know, just because I know how to do those things, um, I went and made sure that it was exactly the way that I wanted it and that it was SEO friendly and yada, yada, yada. So, um, but you could, you, you wouldn't even have to know what you're doing. You could, uh, uh, buy the product and send it over to them and then just, you know, review the product and make sure that the, cause usually most products come with a cheat sheet type thing where you're yeah. like, okay, I gotta make sure this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good, and voila, you could do that. Um, right. So does, I don't know, does that kind of give you that's, some that's, insight that's on? That's awesome. No, I love it. I, I love, I, and you know, it's interesting because I'm, I'm hearing you speak about these different tasks. I'm, you know, most of them we do similarly. Some of them I'm reminded of and I'm going like, oh, you know, I got to get pushing on, you know, karate for the holidays or whatever it is, you know, and get going on it. And, um, but, uh, but it's very, very important. And I do love that fact that people understand that delegation doesn't always have to be to an employee. Right. It doesn't have to be like I can't afford you know, some of the schools. I can't afford to, you know, have an employee. It's cost me too much money. So, uh, you know, I, or, I, you know, I just don't have it in my budget. Well, you could do a lot of this stuff and, and you know, using, you know, technology or using outsourcing and, and so on and so forth, where it's going to cost you a fraction of the money that you would pay to have someone sitting at your desk in your in your location. And we all know this. We have parents inside of our studio that would do things for us while the kid is in yeah. in class. You know, I used to do that a lot. Um, yeah. I don't do that anymore, but, but in the beginning, I did that quite frequently. Um, yeah. I would have parents mark the time cards, you know. Uh, yeah. I would have parents put away the time cards, I, you know. Of course, they don't answer the phone or anything like that, but there were some small, minor things that they could do. Yeah, and by the way, um, you know, don't be afraid to ask, right? That's the most important. I used to have an employee. He's no longer with me now. But anytime I gave him anything that was mass, you know, project, whether he had to be labeling envelopes or sending out a mailer, he would just take his, you know, people that were in my lobby and he'd get them to do his work as he sat around doing nothing. And it used to really annoy me. However, people are willing to do it. Those moms are there for an hour and got nothing to do. Or maybe a, a person or a student who's waiting, he got there early. So people will help you, but don't be afraid to ask for help. But, um, I, you know, you can also delegate. You know, that you may want to say to a young teenage student, hey, can, rather than labeling a thousand letters, if you don't have someone to do it, you can say, hey, would you like to make a few extra dollars on the side? I'll give you 20 bucks if you label all these letters for me. You know, and it, you, you just got to think strategically. You got to think, and I don't want to say this, uh, it sounds negative, to think like a lazy person would think. Right. Uh, no, you... I no. That's exactly it. Because I, I tell people all the time uh, that I'm lazy. They're like, "Oh, yeah. no, you're not. You're always busy." I'm scheduled, so right. yeah, maybe that looks that looks busy. And there's some days that I am so back to back to back that it does feel right. like I'm busy. But but uh, I am lazy. I try right. to get as much off of my plate as I possibly can. Right. Exactly. Um, why yeah, else would Why else would you be doing what you do? Like, why would you have your own company? You know, you're not going to have a, a company, a corporation, or a business um, unless you're able to delegate and give the tasks to others, or else you're self-employed. And that's the one thing that in the E Myth Michael Gerber talks about, or uh, Rob Kiyosaki about getting out of 
you know, being in the rat race, being self-employed, doing it all yourself, right? So, if I get a book. Yeah, I, well, and I was going to say, this is another thing that I had my VA do, um, was, you know, I wrote, I wrote the things in the book, and then I, I, I actually shot like a video, you know, a, a screenshot video on how I wanted things to look, and then I had him go in and, um, you know, format it. Right. You know, and make it all nice. fit and that type of thing. You know, so when you, um, you know, I don't know, let me, like even in the back here, like I've got, uh, you know, we've got our offer and stuff like that. So I said, right. you know, this is what I, you know, this is kind of what I want it to look like. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, he formatted it. Uh, I outsourced Fiverr, Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. Right. Yeah. Yep. Dot com. I love that. Uh, that's, that's where I got the cover done from, you know, right. I've got, uh, this is year one, this is year two, you know, um, yeah. that's where I got, you know, the covers done from, um, I don't have my other book in here. Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I went to Fiverr and did, uh, yeah, this book by, right here. By the way, Fiverr basically means for those that you're listening, you pay $5 for whatever you're getting, right? So there are some that they will charge you more based on the, if it's a bigger detailed job, but there's some, like if you wanted to do a quick logo or if you wanted to, if you wanted to do something silly, like have someone write on magic mark or across their forehead, your www.lininja.com and walk through Manhattan with it. They'll do it. People will do it. It's just hysterical what people will do. They'll write jingles or they'll, they'll sing a song, a love song and tape it for you that you can send it to your, you know, spouse on a holiday. It's just in a, a funny but cool and amazing site. All for five bucks. Like my videos that I make, I get the deep voice guy from the inner world where, you know, like that kind of thing from a movie. I have that deep voice guy. He actually does my, my stuff for like five bucks. He'll put it on my videos. And then I just bring it. He sends it to me in an MPEG. I put it on my videos and I break it up to where it goes. And, and that's it. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that I think we can outsource or uh, delegate to other individuals. Um, and if you do read the entrepreneurial roller coaster or even the e myth, uh, they will, they, they will tell, and the entrepreneurial roller coaster, I think, does a more detailed, um, uh, gives you more detail, you know, not that the e myth right. didn't bring this out, but you do need to find the, you know, the one, the two, the three top things that you do the best in your business, and then, uh, you need to get rid of everything else, meaning either right. get rid of it, or have somebody else in your business do it. And, and in the entrepreneurial roller coaster, he talks about asking Richard Branson, billionaire of Virgin Atlantic gyms and, and airlines and all that stuff. And they, they wanted him to speak at a convention. Do you remember reading that? And they, and they offered him a hundred thousand. He said no. They offered him two hundred thousand. He said no. Five hundred thousand. Then they said, here's a blank check. Whatever you want, we'll give to you. And he, he turned it down. He said, and the reason was because it wasn't in his core area that he was working on at the time. So he didn't want to waste time flying and going and doing something that it wasn't going to bring him more ROI, return on investment or return on ROT, return on time. Um, so he, uh, you know, he just stuck with what he was doing to build his billion dollar, you know, business. So again, we have to ask ourselves, like, what are we focused on on a daily basis? What is it that we're doing that we should be focused on? Or what are our, you call it time hacks or time wasters, right? Why are we getting caught up in debating us, you know, so-and-so on Facebook about, you know, the president or whatever, you know, or why are we looking at all this negative stuff? And, and, you know, 
you know, why are we listening to music when we, you know, all the time when we could be listening to audio books on how to get better or whatever, you know, you got to just find out what's more beneficial to you because, you know, time is short and don't waste it. Right. It's going to go quick. So um, is there anything else with regards to outsourcing and, and delegating or what have you that, that I, I mean, I, I well, yeah, I, I, there's a few other things that I would say, and, and there's something that I find is uh, is bad. It's like, um, number one is graphic design and art, right? So, like, you have, you know, uh, you design your shirt or someone designs a shirt for you. We do custom graphic design of these really cool things. So, um, what, and, and again, I'm not talking about selling stuff, but I have a company. Like, I don't do it. I have a partner that's an amazing graphic artist. Um, and uh, we just partnered because we've used each and we know each other. In fact, today is my 27th year birthday of my school. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 27 years since the day I opened, 26 years, 26 actual solid years of being in business. I opened in 1991. Um, and uh, anyway, I met the day I opened, I met my student, and my student became my graphic artist and website partner and so on and so forth. But, um, but anyway, long story short, I can't tell you how many times I see a flyer on the wall, and it's terrible, or I see an advertisement in the paper, and it's terrible, and I, I see business cards or whatever it may be, and it's because they're doing it on their own, and they have a little bit of knowledge. I'm doing my quote fingers for those that can't see us. Um, in, you know, Photoshop or whatever. I, I see this on, you know, websites as well and logos as well. So find people that are professional so that your image is perfect and it looks amazing versus being shoddy, right? You know, and you could pay someone on Fiverr, come up with a logo for me, design a flyer for me or whatever, or pay a company that knows what they're doing and how to advertise. Um, so graphic arts and design, you know, that also leads into websites. Also, here's another really interesting thing, retail, right? We're working together, you and I. We have to actually chat more about this with your location. But I was at my friend's school in um, Springfield, and he had a really cool look to his shop. It was, it was really interesting. I, I was actually intrigued by it. He actually had, you know, the wood crates that you buy and the pallets that they put stuff on? He had a bunch of those, big, small, wide, and they were actually fastened to the wall. Um, and it looked very rustic. His school's got a really cool commercial look, but it had a very rustic look to it. And uh, it had these crates. And then he had things that were they would hang on the crates. And then he had pipes um, that were steel galvanized pipes. And he turned them into coat racks and hangers. And they kind of turned in all different directions. And it looked really cool. However, if he's listening, I would suggest that, uh, you know, we, we work on his retail a little because he just had a few staple products and it really wasn't merchandised as well as it could have been. And, um, you know, we, we forget that we're, we're missing out on a ton of retail products, which basically is free advertisement for our school and it motivates our students and so on. So maybe hire someone that knows like i i've done school reviews and i take pic they take pictures of their retail and i i lay it out for them and i suggest to them how to do it um and uh that's important you could pay visual merchandisers will come in and and teach you how to retail your your shop your school um and it probably would double or triple your sales just by knowing how to do that knowing what products to put up and we, we, you know, we don't do it because we don't know it and we ignore it because it's something that's not in our expertise and then it ends up, we lose out. Make sense? Oh, well, no, it makes perfect sense. And I, I mean, if you can double or triple your uh, retail, 
every year. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> right. Exactly. And, but 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 you and I both know that people don't do it. Right. Most schools look at it as almost like, um, you know, a hindrance or an annoyance. Right. They like, yeah, people, my people don't buy product. It just sits there on the shelf. Well, number one, you got to change it every few weeks. Number two, you got to add new products. Number three, you know, if things are not going well, things, items are not selling, blow them out. You know, I have one of my clients. I love him to death, but he's like, yeah, I'm not selling my shirts for anything less than 18 bucks. And I'm like, but they're not selling. They're collecting dust. Yeah, but I paid way more for it. I'm like, no, but you're not selling like Macy's. Those jeans at the end of the sales cycle, they get rid of it. They blow it out at dirt cheap prices so that they can replenish their inventory with newer items, right? So we don't yep. think that way in a martial arts school. We don't realize how much we have going for us, and we blow it. Yeah, okay. So, um, you know, outsourcing something like that would be vitally important. And I'll, I'll give you a, 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 a for instance. I mean, I, I sent you my numbers. And I gave you a picture of my store, which right. really isn't a store. You know, it's a viewing area, you know, but it's, it's, it's poor, right? It's <laughs> last year, last year for retail, I did uh, $25,029.98. Right. That's all of last year. This right. year, um, I am at, uh, $30,459.41. Again, I still don't have a, a, like a retail, like I don't have anything. You know, there's a few things. Well, you I'm, have it. I'm worse than what you saw, but you, you well, know when I met When I met you, when we, well, not met you, when I came to your dojo a year or so ago, right, you had, you had your lobby and I said, oh, Dwayne, you really should set this up and do, you know, it's a captive audience. Your people are sitting there watching on screen um, your schools and your classes and they're in there. I'm like, this is where you should have your retail wrapped around where they're sitting. It's, you know, it's a captive audience. It's like, it's like all the medicine is in the back of the drugstore, CVS, you know, whatever, Rite Aid, because they want people to go through the entire store and go, oh, yeah, I do need some milk. Oh, I do need a card for the birthday. Oh, I need some, you know, a, a new brush or a hair tie, whatever the case may be as you're on your way to the drugstore or else they'd have the drugstore in the front because that's what drives most people to the school or I mean to the, to the business. Right. So, but they have it all the way in the back. So you got to walk through all the retail. Well, you have your people in that retail and you put up your flat wall and uh, it looks beautiful and your lobby is nice. The chairs are nice. Now we just got to take it and we have to think about what we can put in there that people would find interesting. You know, I remember there was a good friend of mine. I haven't talked to her in quite some time, Dawn Barnes. She wrote, uh, wrote the book Black Belt Program for Kids. She taught Michael Jackson and Arnold Schwarzenegger schools. She had very successful schools. She still does in California. Um, and I went to her school to visit her. And I ended up leaving spending $140 in retail merchandise. And she gave me a discount. I bought all these cool little toys for my daughter. Like these dinosaur eggs that you let you get a hammer and a chisel. And um, they were all learning games and stuff so you chisel away at the egg and there's sand and you brush it off and the little dinosaur bones come out of it and then you glue them together and there's a dinosaur and i ended up buying all these cool little learning school uh learning skills toys and i was like wow this is awesome it really helped me as far as my mindset and how i could uh, you know get retail on that out there well and you're yeah and i know this whole call isn't about retail but your retail is phenomenal so uh, yeah you know getting this uh, and and again just getting uh, outsourced by somebody to help you uh, do it because you, if you could do it, you'd have done it by now. 
um, right. in my opinion. So I, I would uh, definitely right. outsource that, and, and Allie can help you in that area. I definitely can't, but yeah. Allie can and, help and, you in that area. And, and Dwayne, too, like, you know what, another, re- another source is if you don't have good quality people doing phone calls and you could find a professional company that could do all your return, you know, cold calls and set up your appointments, that's another company that you could outsource. And there's sometimes you put an ad up on a Indeed or you do it through a virtual assistant don't you have something else that you do where you you scan all your uh, your receipts and it goes into a doc folder and your the bookkeeper sets it up for your yeah. accountant as well? Yeah, I have uh, I have a bookkeeper and uh, yes, all my receipts get scanned. She gets in, she gets that information. She um, and she yeah, she's in uh, where's she at? She's in Plainfield, Indiana. So she right. So she's not even like near three you. Three and a half hours no, away from me. Right, right. right. She has access to my QuickBooks. It's a it's a bookkeeper access to my QuickBooks. Uh, she reconciles everything every month, makes sure everything balances. Um, right. Yeah. So and then she so we scan the receipts and it goes into a shared Dropbox folder that she has access to, and then she actually labels them. So if I, you know, I pay ComEd right, and then she'll the ComEd bills there, and she'll mark it ComEd, and then um, you know the date, and so that way then it goes into the folder for that month. You know, so if I ever need to look back at anything, I can just type in the word ComEd and then I can see the dates and stuff like that and pick the one that I need or whatever. If I went to Best Buy and bought a new computer or whatever, you know. Right. So, yeah, she does that. But then, see, I also uh, scan all of our um, telephone inquiry sheets, all of our, uh, you know, uh, trial student applications, our time cards, uh, any uh, cancellation forms, any reports that are written, all those things actually get scanned and sent to the VA, and then the virtual assistant actually has a task every week to check that folder, and then he marks them. Like I have a an actual document that shows them, you know, shows them how they're supposed to be marked, and he marks them uh, correctly and then puts them into the done folder, you know, so that way my program director can, you know, grab them and put them into the correct folder of each person. So, yeah, I guess I forgot to say those things too. Yeah. And and also, you know, if you have anything that you need to get to your account, and by the way, if someone's listening, okay, like, oh, why would I pay someone to do that when I could do it? But you may not possibly do it, and you put it in a big folder like one of my clients who took out boxes of receipts that were just stuffed into a folder. In fact, I just saw on a Kitchen Nightmares, that's what they, Gordon Ramsay said, show me your receipts, and it was literally four boxes filled with stuff stuffed in there. So, but now you easily just go here, accountant. Here's my write-offs. Here's my deductions. Here's what I spent money on. There's never a question because you're so organized because you have these people in place, and it doesn't cost you a lot of money to do I it. I pay my bookkeeper probably about sixty bucks a month. Right. She charges me. She charges me thirty dollars an hour, and she usually uses about two hours just to do right. my. So that tells you, like, if I did it, it would take, number one, it tells you how quick she is. Number two, because right. I know if I did it, it would probably take me four to six hours to do everything that she does. Partly because I hate it, and the other part is because I'm not versed like right. she is. And, right. oh, by the, other, by the way, the other thing I had her do, um, and I paid her $30 an hour to do this, was that when she uh, did everything and we created the system, I had her then, um, I had her then actually use screenshot stuff and record uh, an actual video on what she does and how she does it. 
So right. that way, if God forbid something ever happens to her and, you know, I can't use her anymore because she can't do work anymore, I do have right. to fire her. What, either, way, either way, I have a training video on how to do what she does. Right. So I could right. then hire somebody else and say, here, watch this, perform it, I'll double check it, make sure you got it, voila. Right. Great, great. I, I love it. And, and I'm trying to think of, like, what else I outsource. I mean, when we think about it, we have to think, and this is, by, by the way, could be considered our power list, right, of who we have. And I, in my um, daytime, I have it handwritten, but I have a power list of all the people I would go to. Like, for example, expediters for town permits, you know, um, attorneys for um, legal issues, insurance company, like there's a lot of things that we outsource, right, that we don't realize. Um, and there are experts out there that actually do this for you that could save you a ton of money. So, for example, you know, um, you, you might want to speak to somebody who is more versed in credit card terminal charges because we might not know we might be getting ripped off so maybe there's somebody that you could work with that could help you even if it's a want a review of what you're doing to make sure you're saving money or insurance going to a broker not your own because they're selling you insurance but having an independent person review what you do and see if maybe they could save you money i mean if it's only a thousand bucks it's a thousand dollars more in your pocket Right. So there's a lot of things. So go through and take a personal inventory of what you're spending money on, what you're doing, where you're spending time and where you're wasting time. And what are your expert? What's your expertise, your your critical uh, things that you do well that make you the most return on your investment? Yeah. And I would even throw a caveat to that is, you know, what is it that juices you up? You know, what is it that when when you do that activity, it doesn't tire you in fact when you finish that activity you have more energy at the end of that at the end of that activity than you had at the beginning of that activity right and and those two or three things whatever it is uh you should be doing and everything else um to the best of your ability you should be farming off somewhere somehow gradually you're not going to be able to do it all at once because you can't afford to do it all at once but also you know there's going to be some issues where you're going to go i don't want to turn that over and it's right. it's a it's a pride it's a pride thing for you or something you know yeah yeah and and sometimes though you know what you mentioned earlier in the uh, conversation you said hey, what about painting um you know if you like to paint then you do it because maybe that is something I actually like to paint like when I paint rooms in my house I could hire my my uh, one of my students who does handyman work for me and he would do it much cheaper than probably my time is worth, right? But I actually get, I enjoy it. It's like a med- meditation for me. It's healing. So I will do those things. But I also have to always constantly remind myself, like, am I, should I be cleaning the bathrooms or no? Should I be, you know, checking this or that? No, but I have to oversee it, but I can't always do it myself. And I, and I delegate. And that's how you and I, people look at us and they say, I can't believe you got so much done in a day. But I and that's what we personally do. But we imagine if they saw everything that was done because we have people that are duplicating, replicating, and and you know things that we've delegated. So um, just get used to that. Practice it. Do it a little bit at a time for people that are listening, um, and get better at it. Build those muscles and start to trust in in those people a little bit more. Well, I think we yeah. uh, I don't we didn't exhaust the subject, but I think we covered it pretty pretty definitely, well. Definitely. So what are you reading? Let's give everybody any new books right now. Uh, I am. Um, what is it called? 
it's by Nabil Qureshi. It's called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. Oh wow, cool. So it's a it's a it's a Muslim who had um, was defending his faith. You know, basically he didn't believe in Jesus, and he's defending his faith. And you know, um, obviously the title tells what happened, but you know, Seeking right. Allah, Finding Jesus, and it, it's very interesting. Some of the arguments and stuff. I like I like. Uh, I like arguments. I, you know, I don't want to argue with someone. That's not what I mean. But I De- like debate, debates, debating. And yeah, on facts and and right. actually knowing facts. I, I I enjoy that piece. Yeah, so absolutely. It's neat yeah, to I see both cases. It, both cases being built. It's really really interesting. Yeah, and for those that are listening, I'll recommend one author to you. Actually, it's um, it's I believe is J. Conrad Levinson or Levinson. He wrote all the guerrilla marketing books, and he's got some updated ones. Um, and uh, you know, if you're a school owner that's just starting out, I did coaching with my school in Florida with my the guy who's my partner down there, and I basically just talked about how you could do so many different things for you know very little money, but a lot of sweat equity to grow your school. So. Uh, like we said before, reading is the key. But I love what the um, guy said in the entrepreneurial roller coaster. He said, rather that you don't read 60 books a year, you read four or five of the good books, you know, 20 times, right? Because it's, it's not – he. and I love it. I, I, I highlighted all the quotes, right? But I love what he said about um, – he said something like, knowledge is not power, doing the or you know getting the knowledge, knowledge is, is not yeah well knowledge is power only when it's applied exactly right something like like yeah knowledge is not power unless it's actually applied the knowledge is actually utilized right so something to that effect so you could learn and read and be a an addicted to knowledge but if you're not utilizing it to propel yourself forward then stop reading and start studying the same book over and over again until you start using it makes makes sense right Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's a it's awesome. a phenomenal book, and I definitely will be re. I listened to it. I didn't read it, but uh, I oh, will okay. be re-listening to it. Awesome. Well, cool. And I thank you for the recommendation. And I think Ryan Blanchard, one of our um, friends and listeners, and and uh, and you know, successful school owner who was, is on the call with us, he actually said, "Hey, you guys, you did a call called the Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster. There's a book, and you looked it up, and we read it, and we loved it. So it's awesome how things happen." Yep. Well, I'll, uh, well, we'll talk to everybody next week and find yeah. out what you're good at. Try to outsource the rest to, to the best of your ability, everyone. Awesome. Okay, guys. Talk to you soon. Have a great day. <laughs>